Chaz, we're back. Again. Iron Man streak continues. Again. This week went really fast. Did it? Why? Raising America's youth? Yeah, raising America's youth. One thing I know, it's Monday. Next thing I know, it's Thursday. Oof. Tell you what. It really, I, I, not necessarily this week more than last, but the weeks are just flying by in general. We're basically in the summer now. We're basically all the way to Margaret River. Why does this happen? It's, I think it's just, as you get older, your taste gets gross. You know, we've talked about that. You like horseradish. You like stinky cheeses. Yeah. Whiskeys. Uh, and then time just moves fast. So uh, I think maybe time is somehow tied to our taste buds, our perception of time. When you're young, enjoying sweet, delicious, wonderful things, time just goes forever. Remember when you were young and yeah. summer just lasted for four years? A hundred percent. So the school year lasted for 30 years. Do you think that we can reverse the effects of time by eating I would imagine. Sour Patch Kids? I would imagine if we go back. and But I think part of it is you have to learn to it. You have to train yourself to love Sour Patch Kids. Like go back, juice boxes, Sour Patch Kids, PB&J sandwiches on Wonder Bread. That's where we got to go. We're what was that um, powdered, flavored powder? Yeah, and lick, there was a sugar uh, stick. Lickamade. Lickamade. Or <laughs> lickamade stick or something. Yeah. It was like a salt lick for a horse, but it was made out of pure sugar. I don't know if that thing with the stick itself was sugar. It might have been made out of some kind of talcum powder or something. Because it wasn't super <laughs> sweet. When that's, you, that's when even you, worse. When you ate the stick, it wasn't like overly sweet. The best part is, though, is regularly I remember sharing. Lickamade with oh friends. You know, you never shared it. I don't. I think if you did, you had to birdie it. You had to yeah. like tip it into your mouth. There you was, couldn't use the stick. There was some of that, but I remember once or twice oh taking gosh. it off the stick. And I also like, even if you're birdieing it, doesn't matter that that stick licked stick is oh, going in true. there every time. So all you're true. just getting spittle coated sugar. There was a pre-COVID thing. It was. We should bring it back for COVID. So I've got now. so many thoughts now. My brain's going a lot of different directions, but. Uh, COVID related, are we going to dig ourselves a deep hole by all wearing masks for the last year or two? Certainly it's prudent. It prevents you from getting the virus, all of that. But does it also, we will all end up like the kid on the street whose parents don't let them go outside. Just and as a result, sick. they catch every single illness there is. I would imagine. They've never scratched their knee once. I would, ima- I would imagine by fall when the kids go back to school, every adult in the country is going to catch a cold on the same day. Like within the first two weeks of school, every adult will be laid out with the worst cold they've ever had. We can reverse that by doing the Lickamade sharing test. We should bring it back now. I mean, Lickamade sharing test could be a sort of inoculation. Yeah, you're going to get sick, but better now than later. Other people are like, "Uh, just get the vaccine. We're like, no, no, no. The Lickamade sharem test. It's so much better. That is our version of the vaccine. When was the last time you were sick? Can you even remember? 2019, March. Pre-COVID? Right pre-COVID? No, a year pre-COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. So so a year pre-COVID, and then you got COVID, where it's virtually impossible to get sick unless you get COVID. Yeah. And now, yeah. Or if you do, they call it COVID. Imagine, your body will have no idea what to do. That little cold germ is going to get in there, and your body's going to say, hi, friend, who are you? And boom. That's when I'm going to attack it with Lickamade. Yeah, it'll work. Um, what about Big League Chew? Big League Chew for sure. Uh, zebra Stripe Gum. Remember Zebra Stripe zebra, Gum? The, both of those, the flavor went away instantly. The Zebra Stripe tasted way better. It was like the best tasting gum on earth for 3.8 seconds. Totally. You'd have to shove the whole pack in your mouth <laughs> and just, and then spit it I would it finish out. that pack in a day. Oh, I but mean, I'd finish it in minutes. The, um, the Big League Chew was better because of the experience. It was made like... Chewing tobacco, tobacco, of course, into strips, and so you pretended like that's another thing. We had candy cigarettes too. Of course, you puff kids the, pretending to do drugs with their candy, puffing the is smoke out, hilarious. Remember, how I had the powdered sugar yeah. where you would blow out yeah. and give it a little puff. Yeah, <laughs> See? imagine now if Nestle introduced like some version of crystal meth for kids. It'd be so but good. A candied, you know, you like cook it. You, it'd be easy. I mean, it'd be great. Crystal meth looks like candy. Sure. So I mean. I think, though, this is where we go back. If you want time to slow down, if you don't want time to slow down, keep on dumping, you know, horseradish all over your steak. If you want it to slow down, cook your steak well done, add some ketchup. A1? Oh, I was, yeah. yeah. Ketchup's <laughs> even worse. Man, uh, you know why I was running five minutes late today? How come? 
could not catch a wave. Oh. Dude, that is the most frustrating thing in the world. And I didn't experience it until I was in my 30s, by the way, because I had no obligations in my 20s. I kept my mornings completely free. And so I was like, yeah, who cares? I'll just wait another 20 minutes. Sure. But now that I have like places to be, oh my God, it's the most frustrating thing. Where were you out? In Huntington. Was it pumping? It was, no, it wasn't pumping. Fun? As a result of me not being able to catch a wave, it was not pumping. It was fun. And, uh, but it went flat. So I was like, I got an hour. Yeah. 30 minutes, nonstop, had fun. And then- the last 30 minutes just flat just completely shut down and i'm i got to the point where i was like i will catch anything that moves and comes in and nothing came did you paddle in no i got the crappiest wave not all the way in just to like good 10 en- yards good enough where you could say i caught a wave in and now i can paddle the re- now yeah. i can paddle the other 80 yards in. yeah that's okay uh paddling in i mean it should be outlawed to be totally. to be honest like anybody who paddles in no doesn't matter if you're late for the birth of your child. Do not paddle in. You can go, you can Have paddle you into the- paddled in? No, I'll paddle to the inside uh, and then just catch some little thing if I really am ready to get out, but never paddled all the way to the sand. It really is the result of more than having to be somewhere at a certain time. It's more the result of it being flat. Yeah. Like if it's, if you're surfing just like a total, you know, whatever, flat day, then- you have no other option. I mean, there's always something though. If you're in the ocean, Dude, if you're not in a lake, at you the could, eight at the eight minute mark today, I was like, I've been sitting here for eight minutes. What the heck? Checked my watch again. Fifteen minutes. Wow. It went. I think we got to about twenty before I caught a wave. There was nothing even breaking on the inside though. There was no. not even it was nothing. Nothing lapping up on shore. No. It was just a lake. And then I caught that nothing of a wave paddled the rest of the way in and the entire walk up the beach kept looking back to see when that set would come. It never came. Okay. Well, that's so like, if I would have sat out there, I would still be out there. Yeah. Well, so. good on you for catching a wave in. <sighs> Frustrating though. Yeah. And then I'm frantic. Like, cause I still need to grab a cup of coffee Then I'm Stress. zooming between traffic to try to get here. Stress. Frazzled dude. Well, it's okay. I got stuck at the immigration thing, so it's not as fun as surfing, but did they actually stop you? No, it was just like, that thing has been, closed or not open for many, many, many months, but it seems like they're ramping it back up ahead of summer. Maybe not fun, not fun at all. I don't think I've ever really, I always just fly through that thing. I mean, cause coming. Yeah. If you're driving North, coming North is the only place it is. And that's the bummer. Well, Chaz, uh, so we've got new merch you're wearing, obviously the famed shirt. I'm wearing the shirt. I am. I've really embraced. I can't remember if I, uh, barreled or nod, band wearing own merch, but I am full barrel now on wear your own merch. If you got merch, wear it. Nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Matt Mayhem Biolis should wear Mayhem t-shirts everywhere he goes. Does he? He probably does. <laughs> I think I think I have. I remember when we were making fun of him for looking like um, aging mom. Yeah. He was wearing a band t-shirt. Yeah. Adolescence, but. He was, but typically, I typically, hope. Typically, I think I've seen him in. And I hope not just lost gear, like actual Mayhem like specific specific yeah. mayhem gear yeah totally agree uh we got the valpocalypse now shirt just went live last night i almost wore it i couldn't uh, find it in my drawer uh, okay yeah the um those cutoffs by the way we didn't buy cutoffs we bought t-shirts and then cut them off in fabrication that's how that's how you have to do it exactly that's so how the, that's these are quality. some high quality yeah. cutoffs um and uh, so all that stuff, surfsplendorpodcast.com slash shop. Kaiwa Belly stickers showed up. Oh my goodness. I was so excited. He posted an Instagram I saw yesterday saying, I got a bunch of space on my board. Did you see this one? No. Oh, he was, it was him out by the pool must've been of where he's staying at Margaret River. Uh, had his quiver up against the wall, classic quiver shot. Said something like, I may have more space on my board than others, but I'm really thankful to all my sponsors. Our sticker was not yet there, but I like it as a sort of, nod to what's coming i do i I feel and uh so that we need to update everybody on that project of belly is in full swing we've got half of what the original goal was which means the board will or the sticker will not end up on the nose of the board which is fine because that it should have always been a belly burger on the nose i agree yeah and it fits the shape of the sticker fits um so it's going to go somewhere below the nose but it's confirmed. Stickers are printed. They are actually in route as of yesterday. They got shipped out. And uh, 
to Kyo's address in Margaret River, they should be on his board for the Margaret River event. Fantastic. Congratulations. Congratulations, everyone. We did it. We did it. You want to know who did the vast majority of the work in this? Who? We owe a huge shout out. Shapers Manufacturer in Australia. So this is a business. They are um, a surfboard supply manufacturer. They go by the name Shapers, but I think it's actually Shapers Manufacturer Co. They're in Queensland. They supply board building materials to DHD, JS, Pizel, LSD, Mayhem, Channel Islands, Tacoro, Rusty, everybody. Okay. Blanks, fiberglass, Stringers. resin, tools, everything. And uh, I hit up Jake runs the business. I think his father started the business way back in the day. Jake runs the business and I hit him up and I go, hey, we need stickers to Kiowa Belly quickly. And who do you use for a sticker company? And he's like, dude, he reached out to all of them. He goes, none of them can turn them around in the amount of time that we need, but I got a plan. I'm going to borrow a vinyl cutter from a neighbor and then I'll go get the material and I'll cut the stickers myself. He made, he made them. Handmade stickers. He made it. Wow. And his last email was, hey, you ever like offer to do somebody a favor and then regret every single moment of doing them that favor? How long, how long did it take him to cut one sticker, do you think? I don't know, but he said he's literally punching out the hole in the B, yeah. you know, in the Abelli B or whatever, like cutting it, punching it out to make sure that they're all clean. Oh my goodness. And he, he had to go get... He had to get two different types of vinyl. He bought a certain type of vinyl, came back, made a sticker, and it didn't work. He needed some other type, so he went and got more material. And he is he is my hero. I know. He is the people's hero. We need to make a Hall of Fame for the people. That's true. Like that's a great call. All the people who really go above and beyond being the people. Jake, you're the first one in the Hall of Fame. Spencer uh, is actually the first one. Spencer designed the logo. Okay, so Spencer and Jake... In Jake is there for sure. The People's Hall of Fame. Yeah. Wonderful. I know. Thanks, Jake. How crazy is that? I mean, it's awesome though. I know. Like that's what the, it, it is completely representative of what this whole project was about. Totally. Of, yeah, the community, the people coming back together and taking ownership of something. And for sure, um, obviously, I'm sure it was a torturous thing, a hateable task. But imagine the amount of pride Jake will feel when he sees that sticker on Kyle's board at Margaret River. What about when Kyle hoists the trophy? I mean, I saw Instagram, not going to jinx Kyle here, saw an Instagram point, him surfing, looked like the box. Maybe it was North Point. Was it the box? I think it was the box. A uh, little snap turn to barrel style. He's got this thing. I think so too. He has got this thing. And the waves are going to be big at the opening rounds, and I think Kyle he's well-equipped. Kyle ain't no chicken. Well, I've seen him surfing big waves there before, but yeah. also... Uh, the couple of days of Narrabeen before it got, before the event started, it was triple overhead. Yeah, And he was out there. I didn't see a lot of clips of anybody else out there. He was out there riding big boards, doing turns. A belly burger serves beef, not chicken. That's a good point. Do they have a chicken? <laughs> do they have a chicken burger? They might I only also. see beef on their Instagram account. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very psyched to get these stickers to him and for this to actually come to fruition. Yep. And, um, Bravo, the people. Thank you seriously. to all the people. Seriously. So what we're going to do is a huge concerted social media push in a way like a very, very uh, specific targets. Like before his heat, yes. we post. And the post isn't just like, hey, cheer on Kyle. It is, hey, everybody who's reading this right now, repost it. Go to his page. Do the trophy emoji or whatever, just to have these really specific work the algorithm uh, in Kyo's favor and let him feel the love. That's I, what this is about. I think Kyo's skill is there. Kyle's Kyo's bravery is there. The third thing that's going to take for Kyo to win is the love of the people. Agreed. He has it on his board. He'll be looking at it. He'll feel it though. He'll feel it in the algorithm. The algorithm flows through all of us. The algorithm is like the force. It flows through agree. all nature, through us, through everything, ends up on Instagram and Facebook. And we're going to rise Kyo up. So that it'll be undeniable to everybody else. He wins. He'll, he'll win. He'll be popping up in Gabriel's feed. Yep. That'll get in Gabriel's head. Yep. The, the commentators will be forced to talk about him because they'll just see this huge influx of the people. Yep. So. Ron, you better not shirk us here. Yeah, Ron. 
Um, so that's happening all this weekend. I think it's Sunday for us, maybe. You reckon it'll run day one? Apparently. It's supposed to, it'll have a La Bamba size swell. A La Bamba-esque swell. We should refer to everything as La, everything big as La Bamba from now on. I mean... That's did, a La Bamba-sized board. Right? It is a, La, it's a full La Bamba board. Yeah. Uh, how bad... I mean, I wrote a story about it. I was out sailing, so I didn't know that it actually was as fizzle as it was. La Bamba swell. I guess for context, should we, should we get into this real quick? Sure. Uh, Surfline named, called and named a giant south La Bamba. Uh, did some stories about it, said it was supposed to just rule all, right? And I think it did. It's the biggest swell of the year. Yeah, it did ish, did ish in Mexico, right? Like, didn't Puerto Escondido get pretty big? Yeah. Uh, these spots that capture that angle of South Swell were big. Were big. Yeah. Uh, but it fully fizzled in California, as far as I can tell. Well, no. It, uh, it was exactly what they said. It was the first South Swell of the season. At so that it, angle, so, at the yeah. 180 to, or 175 to 180 degree, blah, 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 blah. So it lights up, lowers Malibu, Mexi certain parts of Mexico, uh, the wedge. But the way the story was put out, though, calling it La Bamba A, I was out sailing past the wedge, and I know the wedge was, they were claiming like 15 to 30 or something silly. It didn't look that big. There were waves. There were waves, but it wasn't, it wasn't the biggest wedge I've seen, not even close. Well, the... Here's the problem. It was a standard South Swell. Yeah. Like they, so Surfline has new ownership. Yep. Firstly. So I think this Not is new ownership. They have a new, they have a new business investment. Correct. They have a new influx of cash. Correct. Business partners. New management. Yeah. They hired a new guy from, I think it was Disney and Amazon previously. The, the, apparently they're the whole office now is stacked with people from Netflix, Amazon, right. Disney, like all real corporate suits. So this is a reflection of that. Okay. This is, um, we're in the business of forecasting and there's a swell event. So brand it, package it, push Pump it through it. all the channels and the feeds. Yeah. So for people who have been using Surfline for years, this felt like a um, artificial felt WSL esque. Yeah. And it, it just felt like a bombardment of Surfline stuff. And so the only way that you and I can jive that with our experience with them is this must be the most significant swell yeah. event of all time. They're calling it La Bamba. Yeah. But the reality is <laughs> it was just a standard South at it, a certain degree. And that, I don't think they lied about anything. They just overhyped. I mean, overhyped they hyped and overpackaged. Yeah. But it was really geared. Uh, towards, I mean, it, it it was disingenuous maybe to you and I, but it, it did exactly. In the end, they had uh, clips they could run from the wedge. Sure, they had clips they could run from lowers, and so it validated exactly what they said was going to happen before the weekend. But to you and I, it was our our expectation was this is going to be the biggest swell ever, and it's not. It's just a standard south swell. It was just they packaged it and hyped it and advertised it more than they ever have before. I mean, I reckon, damn you, Surfline. This is going to be the worst thing ever for the Valpocalypse. Is Surfline getting into the branding packaging game of, because every Val out there, well, I wanted to be on La Bamba. Oh, La Bamba. They want to go to work and say, oh man, did you guys hear about La Bamba this weekend? For sure. It's out there on the storm. And the, uh, they were. If you I mean, look, totally. If you looked it was at the cams from spots that actually weren't even good. Yeah. Just everybody thinks South Swell, I'm going to go surf my local break, not knowing that the waves aren't going to get there or that that direction isn't going to get there. So they're surfing three foot waves with 300 other people. If Surfline keeps up this sham, this shame, uh, I'm going to be really mad. They are going to keep it up. I know. And so this is the moment where you and I have to recognize that may not be our forecasting side of choice anymore. Well, obviously... A, but B, uh, that our break is going to be, wherever we surf, is going to be 30% more cr more crowded when Surfline calls the next one. I mean, are they going to go? Is it going to be like Hurricane? Are they going to go alphabetical? Is know. the next one going to be? I think they're just going to name La Conchita. No, they're just going to choose all Lou Diamond Phillips movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you even name another oh, Lou Diamond no. Phillips movie? <laughs> not even. The next one should be called La Bamba anyway. La Bamba, not Bomba, but Bomba. Uh, Bambino. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, but it's, I mean, you know what La Bamba means? I mean, their version meant the bomb. Uh, what is, what does La Bamba mean? The Bamba. 
Oh, do, oh yeah, Bamba. I'm just joking. Oh, do, it, might, it may. I don't know that B-A-M-B-A. Hmm. No, I Let's think you're right. That. I think you're right. La, la, I was just bamba. translating the, the part for yeah. you. Um, yeah, so it is a sad moment, obviously, where we kind of recognize that Surfline now is going to be a, it's going to be a vowel magnet. I mean, it always sort of was, but they, yeah. they never did stuff like this before or, or but not to this degree. The argument was always being made that Surfline is, or what cameras in general are making lineups more crowded. And I think that is actually a valid argument, but we could kind of like accept it because we all used it. Sure. At this point, it's jumped the shark. I mean, it's straight up. Your lineup is getting more crowded specifically because of what Surfline is doing. Well, artificially crowded too, because if you actually know how to read or what your local beach kind yeah. of catches, it shouldn't then be you could crowded. have read between the lines and you wouldn't have gone out at that spot. You I know? mean, that's the, that's the dang thing though, is that like, if you were thinking, or I was thinking, okay, I know trust is going to be big and blah, 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 or trust is going to be good, but I don't want to fight that crowd. So I'm going to take a, you know, they'll still be swell at my local. Uh, but going out and having trestle sized crowds because it was been advertised as La Bamba at your local in two to three is not cool, man. It's not so, chill. So you didn't surf it. I didn't. I was sailing overnight, uh, overnight, good for you. overnight sail. Yeah. Now that you're a sailor, are you going to sail to, uh, some of the local islands off California to go S surf? Do all the time, man. What? I do all the time. What? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. You're sneaking in sessions out there? Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not oh. going to La Bamba this one. Dang it. Yeah. I'm going to jump on board. Yeah, you definitely Literally. do. Yeah. Um, so I think the, I'm not even mad at Surfline about any of this. Really? No, I blame, um, I blame the people who actually fell for the, the sheeple. But the problem is the sheeple are all the vowels. You can't blame them for anything. They have no idea what they're doing. Like they are, the, the vowel is blameless in terms of intent val has no clue right yeah i don't know like it's it's incumbent upon the actual core i mean surfline was at one point obviously they got to make money etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't know that la bamba makes them any money i mean maybe it does yeah it's time on site clicks all that all the val just come i mean how many articles in? do you think they wrote about la bamba? i mean There's so many a ton hundreds so hundreds of them yeah, yeah. stupid so surfline i'm mad um do you want to talk about equal pay? Yes. Let's do it. Um, what's the, first of all, what's the story? Who are the brands involved? Where did this take place? I don't know the brands. I think there are no brands that you or I know. Uh, it was a specialty kind of longboard event in Manly? Curly? I don't know. Something jam. Some, somewhere in Australia, New South Wales. Uh, a specialty... You know, Australia's premier one-day specialty longboarding thing, I, I think is how they brand it. So, uh, you know, longboarding event, one-day thing, like a duct tape sort of thing, I suppose. Uh, the woman who won, named Lucy Small, uh, earned less than half as much as the male winner uh, and called out the event organizers and sponsors from the stage and said, hey, look, you know, maybe, maybe next year we could work on this. Uh, and yeah, and then I saw the Instagram clip and thought, well, look at this of all the dang things. So just like I was mad at Surfline, I got mad at the curly maljam or whatever it was called. Uh, Do you know what the pay checks were? I did. I got it. I got straight from the source from Lucy Small herself. I think the man won four. It was like $7,000 purse. The man won four and she won like 1400 or something like that. It okay. was like less than half, well less than half of the male, male winner, which $7,000 purse for all. I think it was something like competitors. It was something like that. That was the total purse. And then that's how it broke down okay. between the, the male and female winner where I get a couple points here, David Lee. I understand if there's more men than women surfing in, a, in the event, then the men's prize, you know, pool should be bigger, but each of the winners should get the same. Like the male and female winner should get the same. Second place, if they get money, should get the same. Third place should get the same. And then if there's more dudes, then more dudes can get, you know, it can trickle further down there. But I don't know how you have a cardboard check in this day and age winner where male is 4,000, female is 1,400. Right. Like, so point one, 
point two. Uh, if this was, I don't want to get in trouble here, but if this was like high performance, you know, whatever, CT level surfing, something like that, and, you know, more people were watching the man, whatever, right? Then I would say, okay, I mean, it's a bummer, it still should be equal pay, but whatever. Longboarding, stinking women longboard better than men. Like, I think that Lucy Small should have been getting paid more, if anything, than her male counterpart. They look better doing it. It's, I think, I like watching that more than men longboarders. You kidding me? It's like a silly. So you're of the opinion that it should be equal pay. Except for, if you're going to make it not equal, the women professional longboarders should be getting paid more than male professional longboarders. Um, what do you feel about Lucy calling out the event organizers on stage. And she even said at the beginning of her speech, she's like, Hey, I'd like to first express my gratitude for yeah. you guys hosting this event and all that sort of stuff. And then, but it is a little bit weird to have, um, sorry, but it is a little bit weird to have a check that's half less than half the size of the men. So maybe we can work on that in the future. Anyways, thanks for everybody, blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't like a really bad call out. And yeah, it wasn't, no. But what are your thoughts on her even bringing it up on stage? I think stage? you have to. I think when you're holding checks on stage, like, you know, if if they weren't holding giant checks with the numbers clearly printed on them, then I think, you know, whatever, that'd be a judgment call. But up there holding those checks, how do you how do you have self-respect if you don't say, hey, look at just point, everybody's seeing this right now, just to point it out is a bit strange. Totally. Um, I'll get into my opinion in a minute, Yeah, but let's go to the Beach Grit comment section first. Let's do it. And you have to argue against Barold. Okay. Barold says, quote, this entire discussion has outgrown itself. First off, she's right. Your surfing is about half as good and as a result is only worth half. Go figure. Second, how do we know she, uh, what she is babbling about is even true? There were six women in the final and four men. Was it really half the money? The, e the only equal way is to put men and women in a single division, winners win, losers lose. Equal prize money problem solved. Only problem is uh, that that method doesn't fit the snowflake agenda. I'll take you, Barold, and raise you on. I totally agree. I texted Devin Howard, the commissioner of the World Longboarding Tour, straight away and said, come on, like this is the perfect time and place for a battle of the sexes. The Billie Jean King... Uh, what's his name? Bobby Riggs uh, tournament where Bobby Riggs played against Bobby Riggs, male champion, but older played against Billie Jean King, who was the, you know, up and coming or in her prime female champion. They made a movie about it, made a movie about it. Steve Billie Carell and yep. Emma Stone. Or yeah. Something? I think that's who it was. Billie Jean King won, etc. I'm all down for putting men and women together. I'll disagree with him. I'm, I was very specific in my point of, Again, I think women's longboarding looks better than men's longboarding. I think they do it better. I think they're more graceful or as graceful, right? I think it would be absolutely beautiful to throw in to really do. That's why I texted old Devin Howard. Uh, to put in kind of aged male longboarders like a Joel Tudor, a, you know, wingnut, a whoever, versus like uh, who's the prime sort of female longboarder right now? There's a uh, Honolulu. Yeah, Bloomfield, yeah, Kalia Moniz, exactly. Stein. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun to have like yeah. kind of the older generation of male longboarders versus the, the new crop, the best crop of, uh, yeah, of younger female longboarders. But again, I think that longboarding looks better female, traditional longboarding. And I think they would, I think they would beat the men if the, if the. Depends what the judging looks like. Well, I asked Dev, come on, Dev, give me a, give me a yes, no here. And he said, yeah, depending on the judging or what the criteria was, then yes. But traditional walk-the-nose longboarding is not about power. It's not about anything. It's about flow and grace. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the conversation about equal pay in general, A, I don't think there should be any mandate saying what an employer or what a privately owned company should have to pay their employees other than a minimum wage. You know, like you can't tell me how to run my business, but in a capitalist society, the people will decide, you know, like if that bakery in New York doesn't want to bake a cake for the gay couple's wedding, the government shouldn't intervene and say, you have to bake for the gay couple, but 
once that news story breaks, turns out uh, nobody's going to go buy food from that bakery anymore and they'll go out of business. And I think that is totally fine as well. So I don't understand the motive of the contest organizers here because it's such a bad PR move. You know, the, the, whatever the cost was to run the event, if they just added some money to the prize purse to make the women's checks equal to the men's or reduce the men's so that they were all equal, that would have not taken that much extra effort no, or it, capital. It was to like, do. A, it was like a couple grand or whatever of, and it probably, so if the prize purse was seven grand, maybe it cost them 15 grand to run the event. It would have been another 10% to make the prize purses equal, you know? So it's well worth it for the PR to avoid the PR controversy. Uh, but I, the other thing is, I think that, um, they have to, they can choose to leverage, like you're saying with the women and the men's tour on the CT level, I think that the women are actually a lot more marketable than the men sure. because the vast majority of the audience cannot distinguish the difference between a top turn that John John Florence is doing and one that Courtney Conlog is going to do at main break. You and I can distinguish the difference, but the vast majority can't. And Courtney Conlog, Stephanie Gilmore, uh, who just go down the list on the women's side, they appeal to, I mean, Schick razors, uh, Audi vehicles, any name, Starbucks coffee, Pepsi, KFC with Sally Fitzgerald. Like there's this long list and those brands don't necessarily have any incentive to market or to sponsor John John, but they absolutely do to put a sticker on Sally Fitzgibbon's board. She's infinitely marketable. You I mean, know? I, and I, so it, it really is incumbent upon the brands that are doing it. They're just looking at it through the wrong lens. Like why in the world would you pay the guys more? It doesn't make any sense. Sure. And it, it's, and it's just poor PR when you see the numbers on the checks. I mean, and it, that's the, that's the real thing at the end, I think. And I think, you know, to, Credits due to the WSL for making it even for making it even pay, you know, last year, whenever they did that, like good on them for that. Uh, and I just think in this, in this day and age, in this climate, not being snowflakey, not being whiny about it. It's just like, I mean, to me, the real watershed was frankly, the, uh, we talked about it on air. I think the NCAA women's basketball tournament, right. Where they show the men's gym or the, the, player who was brave enough to go say, Hey, look at, this is what we have as our weight room, which is a tiny, ugly little thing. It's, it's patently not fair. NCAA should be fair. Right. And when at this level, the lack of fairness that is happening there, like you could say, Oh, the women just whine and whatever, they don't play good enough. And so they, they don't get as much money. How are they ever going to play good enough right. if they have one dumbbell to lift, you know, together? Like it's a, to me, anybody who argues that it's not as good a product, therefore they shouldn't get as much money, is give them as much money and watch it become as good a product. That's, that's I think, the bigger issue too, is there's a moral hazard of thinking that way, and it undermines uh, progress in yeah. general. And so the, you got to look at the bigger picture. It's like, you want to save a couple nickels here or just invest in? The real truth is, though, I'll tell you what, and all of the titans of business who listen to our show should take note. Uh, it's women's sports is where there's room to grow. Men's sports is maxed out across the board, maxed out. Like even NFL and everything is contracting in terms of what they're paying, you know, next year, like the labor agreements and all that, everything is going down. There's so little room to move there. Women's sports, the ceiling is so high. I mean, that all that stuff is ready to take off, I think. And I think there's women stars coming out now, like area, whatever her name was, basketball player for University of Arizona who made a huge splash during the NCAA tournament. And like, there's exciting on the women's side too of surfing. Uh, there's, Seriously. A, there's exciting performances, even from stinking Carissa Moore's, you know, uh, whatever her era verse, right? Last contest. Uh, that was an exciting moment for surfing. That obviously level was reached years ago in the men, but as the women move into this space, it's going to get more exciting. Sierra Kerr stinking is exciting. Sierra Kerr, I would argue is the most exciting kid surfer on the planet right now. Uh, yeah. Well, if you wanted to make an investment, which Volcom obviously stepped up and did, that is going to be the biggest kind of, uh, a growth or in the biggest return on investment 
of anybody. For sure. I because, mean, because like you said, there's unlimited, like Sierra's actually done airs that are pretty much as gnarly as the one that Carissa did in a contest. I mean, by and far. she's a child. Yeah, by far. I mean, I think, I think that if she keeps on the path she's right. on, she will be as good as any dude, uh, you know, when she hits her prime. Yep. Totally agree. The way she's surfing now. Totally agree. Same goes for Aaron Brooks, that yeah, goofy foot girl. Exactly. Every time I see a clip of her, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. She's yeah. grown leaps and bounds, yep. you know? So, um, good on them. Well, we'll see what they do at Margaret river. What if they, uh, it would be unbelievable to see the women run at the box. I know. I know. Do you think they could do it? Sure. I mean, yeah. Run them. I mean, they should run them. That's they the absolutely thing. should run them. That's the thing too. Like you start now and maybe this first generation of women who are thrown out into the gnarly waves totally fail. But long-term it's the girl watching that who comes up, says I can do that. And then, you know, maybe next generation, maybe a couple generations, you got girls like pulling into the box. No problem. Yep. I absolutely think they should yeah. give it a go. Yep. Um, speaking of the box, what can Andy King do to continue Gabriel Medina's success? Oh man. I mean, I think, I think he's got it. I think Gabriel has got this. He's going to run into the Kyle buzzsaw True. and Margaret, which is going to slow him down. But, uh, I've been looking at Medina or been sent Medina Instagram photos. He's just having fun doing like dance video workouts with his wife in the room. He looks free and loose, surfing, loving, living. I think um, his results in the previous two events were partially a reflection of the fact that they were beach breaks. Yep. I think he's going to have a lot harder time replicating that at main break and the box. Main break, maybe, but he's good at the box. Dude, I don't remember him ever surfing the box. Oh, really? Does he not? He I mean, he he surfed it. They ran an event out yeah, there yeah. while he was on tour, but I don't remember, don't remember any heats. of his waves. Okay. But and I just think of guys like, there's so many guys that I would choose above him at the box. But he's no chicken. Regular footers. That's true. He's no chicken. It's just a tough wave to surf backside. You it know? really is. Like that, the level of dominance, and it's also, it nullifies um, heat strategy. That's true. Like you're sitting in one spot. There's one takeoff spot. And if you have priority, you go. If you don't, you don't. Remember Idolo's first wave ever surfed at Unbelievable. the box? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That was one of the pinnacle moments in our sport. Yeah, it's really true. First, wasn't it the first wave ever he had yes. ever caught out there? Yeah. Yes. He, it was his first heat out there, but he had never surfed it previously. Yeah. And he also was practicing getting up on his board on his mattress in his hotel room that morning yeah. in the dark, Yeah. which just makes me love him so much. Yeah, Idolo. But but Gabe could pull an Idolo. Gabe could like drop out of the sky, backside. He really could. Like He's, he's talented one. enough. He's talented. And maybe he's all just like loose and dancing now. You know how Andy King keeps it going? Tell me. At some point, he's got him loose, got him happy going to have to introduce a little bit of alcohol, just a little boozing, keep the nights fun. Not too much. He's got to keep him loose though. Maybe a little bloody Mary in the morning before he paddles out. That's what it is. Mm. Not night boozing, bloody Mary before the heat. Um, to shake up his routine or where does, how does this benefit him? I think that why we've seen Gabe so successful so far is he's not in his head. He's happy. He's just surfing, man. Agreed. I do think that's a huge key to his success. Nothing like a little Bloody Mary to have you not be really thinking about stuff, just going with the flow. Bloody Mary's before the box. Yeah, Bloody's before the box. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, DM Andy King. Reach out to him. Reach out. Um, So what I really want to know, though, is like, uh, can Andy even do anything strategically as the coach? What is Andy's strategy here? And we've talked about in the past, like, what does a coach actually do? Because if you're the best surfer in the world and you've already proven it multiple times, what can this coach actually do for you? However, the stats speak for themselves. Like He's his crushing. record, his record speaks for itself. So I think Andy does uh, provide value. Glenn Hall provides value, as evidenced by Connor Coffin making the final in the last event. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one up for review. I Connor think Coffin. Connor Coffin made was, it through heats with 11 point totals. That's what I'm saying. His is, best heat was in the final where he got a 14 point total. If you can make it through heats 
With 11-point totals, the system is kind of broken. Exactly. But it's also like that was a lucky odd run. I'm going to say that was less to do with Micro's coaching, more to do with luck and judges blowing it. More to do with Idolo not getting the score he deserved. Exactly. Kanoa not catching a wave. Yeah. But for his part, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Go out and do two backside turns on two waves in a heat. And you'll get sixes. Do you think that uh, he could continue? I wonder if Micro has has checked out the system enough and realizes, wait, if he gets 11 to 14 points a heat, he'll win. I can get him into the quarters every time. Yes. And so just don't even worry. Please don't go out and surf progressively. 100%. Go, go and do two big backside hacks. That's all you need. That's what it was at Narrabeen. It's a different turn that you're going to be doing at main great break. But yes, I think his exact strategy is um, you get confused. Oh, look, Connor, I've looked at your track record. You see what Gabriel's doing and you try to compete. You see what Jordy's doing. You try to compete. You're never For, going to compete. Forget about yeah. all of that. We know exactly you're super capable of doing two big hacks. Yeah. And you've done it a million times before. Just go do that yeah. on two waves in every heat. Yep. You'll get somewhere between a six. And if you really do it great on a set wave, you'll get an eight. Yeah. And if you look at the stats, getting two sixes will get you through 60% of heats. Two eights will get you through 90%. That's of totally true. So just work the algorithm, work the algorithm. And with the no loss rounds too. Hey man, you could like do your two hacks and lose and come right back and do two more hacks and win. So he lost in round one. Yep. He lost in the elimination round, yep. but thankfully he didn't get third. He just got second. Yeah. And then he got a nine point heat total against Wade Carmichael. And he made that heat because Wade didn't get a 10 point total. Yep. Like it was, it was really an amazingly lucky run. <laughs> but still though, a fine heat strategy. Go do exactly. two turns. I mean, again, to that point, this is the system. Yes, it's flawed and broken. Work the system. Because the judges can't really do anything. They can't like start giving him less points for his two big turns because that's what the system is geared to offer those two big turns. But because the waves are crappy at those last two events, for the most part, other than the finals day, uh, you had inferior surfers winning heats regularly. Do you reckon more they, often than not. Do you reckon they start at main or start at the box or pull the plug because it's too big? I think they're going to run it main break. Why aren't they running North Point again? I've been confused they about that. They didn't pull a permit for it, and apparently... The, I don't know, presumption is it was just a COVID kind of um, okay. abundance of caution. Mm. You know, we can just keep everybody isolated in the bubble at this location. Main breaks 20 minute drive down the road. Why didn't they just do North Point only? It's much more fickle. Okay. Waves can be too big for North Point and they can certainly not be big enough. Are you excited about this event? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm invested. Who Who's your uh, survival? Uh, Jack Robinson. Mm, good. Yeah. Can't lose. I figure it's a safe bet. No matter yeah. which venue they run at, Jack is, I mean, Jack, if he lost in the round of 16, that would be a, a shocker, a total shocker. Yeah. Total shocker. Yeah. Who would you put in your team if you were still involved? If I hadn't lost on Kyle Belly, I would put Kyle Belly in. <laughs> <laughs> Double down. Smart. Yeah. Uh, there was, hope that Kelly would show up for this event. Sure. He's going to miss the crappy events, but you know, he could still get there quarantine. He has not gone there. He has not quarantined. Kelly is out, which means there's no hope for his title shot at this point. You think that Kelly Slater, you think this is it. This is the way he retires because there's no way it'd be a a problem if it was, I mean, but I don't like, there's no, he's time's ticking, man. Uh, He ain't eating no, Sour Patch Kids or Lickamade, he's getting older and getting older fast. Uh, and so what? Like, there's, he's got no hope next year either. I mean, that's a, he's got to look at this year's field too, though. Look at what Gabriel and Elo is doing. Say, I have no hope. So if that's what he'll do. I don't think he would have survived the early rounds no. at those two events. This is what he's going to do, though. He's going to stay on Ish Tour and surf the three or four waves he wants per year. Uh, until he drops off and then he'll get wild cards for the two or three waves he wants. And then that's it. Then the door will officially close until he's surfing senior heats against Shane Beshin. I'm disappointed. It was a fizzle. It, it really, remember I mean, when, it was an eight year fizzle. Remember when he tried to go out with a bang on the heel of Parco's retirement announcement 
Oh, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm, Kelly. Cool. Should have. I mean, shouldn't have then. Should have before then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this was the last hurrah, really. This was the one last chance that he had for redemption because he came in third, third at pipe. He really could have maintained that momentum. But again, he wouldn't have made it through the early rounds in these events. He doesn't have a great track record at Margaret River. The fact that he really so. couldn't get it up to even go to Australia at all, though, like has to be with a, sitting on a third. Competitive fire ain't there. Yeah. He's over it. And so if he's over it, then why why would he do it? I mean, I guess he just can't help it. He cannot help but be on tour. Yeah. He's going to get drugged out of the room. He's yeah. been on it for 28 years or yeah. whatever it's All been. Like, knows. it's crazy. But I could see him obviously showing up at Chopu. Oh, yeah. Making semifinals there or something. Sure. Surf Ranch, he won't. Yeah. He won't make semifinals there. But uh, anyways, Margaret River's coming. We got that to look forward to. Uh, in the interest of time, I think we should go to commercial break. Let's do it. All right, we're back, Chaz. Um, it's sad that the people who subscribe don't get to hear our commercials because that's the other feedback I've gotten from people is they love our ad reads. I mean, it's really good. We do. I think we're going to get picked up probably by a bigger organization just to read copy. I think so too. Yeah. Outside of our podcast, yep. like you'll see us on mainstream television, just reading copy. Yep. Yeah. Like selling blenders, selling. Do you have a Vitamix? Uh, is that the good one? Yeah. Yeah. Do I you do. use it? My wife uses it. Does she actually? I don't. Yeah, she uses it all the time. Okay. She likes bulletproof coffee, which is totally disgusting to me. I tried it for a while. She loves just throwing a bunch of butter in that blender and whipping it up with some coffee. Not only could I knock it into it, I didn't even benefit from the effects of it. Like, I didn't notice any difference like I do with Athletic Greens. Do you, uh, you don't do cream in your coffee, do you? No, black. But Lauren talked me into the Vitamix, you know, a year ago. Yep. She's like, and I go, why is it better is it than a blender? Four, is it four hundred dollars? Something like that. Three fifty something. Yeah. I'm like, why is it three times the price of a very good blender? Yeah. We don't have to get the cheap blender, but let's get a hundred dollar blender and be done with it. Like, why is this better? She's like, it makes soups. I'm like, yeah, a regular blender makes soups. She's like, no, not like this. And then whatever. And I'm like, okay, if you put this on the counter, you prove it to me. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm gonna make smoothies. I'm gonna make this. She doesn't make anything. I have not seen a soup in a year. Does it, where does it live? Does it live on the counter? On or the is counter. It, so it's just sitting there mocking you every day. Since Athletic Greens, I've been actually making smoothies, but it doesn't make them better than a regular blender does. Yeah. So I am not convinced about the Vitamix. Yeah. I, I'm not a blender man myself. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I would love uh, in the, what was the Oster blender? Remember those yeah. ones, the cheap ones? Yeah. The uh, making a Nestle Quick in the blender mm, instead of stirring it. Like, because if you stirred your Nestle Quick powder in, there would always be clumps. This is you blend it. Ooh, this happens la, la. to me with Athletic Greens as well. It defies all logic and physics that you can put some powder in there, shake it as crazy as you can. You're still getting clumps. There still is a clump somewhere in there. You will encounter. I never do dry powder. I never do. Really? I got a good shake on me, I guess. All right. Well, with Nestle Quick, same thing. Yeah. It defies physics that there could be dry powder surrounded by liquid. It's really weird. How does that happen? It's really strange. Yeah. Like mash it with your fingers or something. Do you like it when you get a clump? Yeah, kind of. Oh, really? I've always hated it. I've always like gagged when I get a clump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of my Lickamade days when <laughs> I was you. <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to remind you, by the way, um, Mother's Day is coming up. Oh, is it? Yeah, you need, it, you need a week's... It's like in... Not this weekend, but the next week. Ooh, thanks. You're welcome. Man. Thank I, the, I knew if I brought this to you next Friday, you'd be like, it's too late to actually get anything The listeners done. are so thankful too. This is my PSA, <sighs> Mother's Day. Wow. You saved a lot of heartbroken mothers and in trouble men. What are you going to do? Well, I haven't even thought about it. Do you get? Do you rally the kids to actually do something as well? No. I mean, maybe this year I'll try. I don't know. Shoot, I got to think about it now. Dang it, dang these Hallmark holidays. Is it um, a gift that matters or is it the kind of doing a sentimental making her breakfast or something like that? Probably a gift. Okay. Yeah. Ah. What do you get the woman that has everything? Yeah, I mean, I just bought her a pair of shoes too. Did you really? I did. Good for you. Oh, pretty cool. Um, Good pair of shoes. All right. eBay, well, sneakers. Think about it. Com backslash shoes. Sneakers? No, I didn't get them there. <laughs> 
Uh, think about it next week. Yeah. We can, we okay. Can we'll discuss. Formulate a plan. Okay. I'm going to. Um, oh, are you? Wait, though. Yes. Do you celebrate Mother's Day? Yes. Okay. So she is now a mother. Officially. Yeah. Okay. So you have to celebrate Mother's Day. Yeah. I got her a gift already and it's a sentimental. Welcome. She doesn't know I got her a gift. So Welcome I, in, man. This is a lifetime of torture now. <laughs> I mean, Mother's Day comes around, sneaks up. Bites you? It does. Ah, Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah, did Harsh. you plan or did you not? Because they know if you plan. Fully know. Do you care about Father's Day in the same way? No. I know. I don't think I would either. You won't? Are she going to celebrate Father's Day for you? For sure. Father's Day was She's a- She's thoughtful. Father's Day is a guaranteed afterthought. Mother's Day, I think, is a hallmarky one. Father's Day is so fake and fraudulent. A bunch of crybaby dads got together one time, one year- and said, well, you get one, why don't we? I, don't I think want you just one. get a tie. I don't want one. Don't want nothing. Don't yeah. want a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, well, be prepared. Yeah, I'm going to. Barrel or, barrel or nah? The Oscars. Ooh. Pre-COVID, I was full barrel. I would watch the Oscars, not start to finish, but I would not like block out time to do it, but it, typically you're home Sunday evening, right? Most people are. Rarely are you out partying, if you're me. Uh, so I think, oh, the Oscars is on. Go flip it on. Watch. Year after year until COVID, then obviously they're canceled. And now I think that they're just like a somehow COVID ripped the blinders from my eyes. And I see the Oscars for what they are, a ridiculous, as ridiculous as the Surfer Pole Awards. A silly, weird, back slappy dumb industry thing. Totally. Yeah. It feels so frivolous. Yeah. The pomp and the circumstance and all of it. I, I feel two ways about it. Actually. Hollywood is nothing without the pomp. Yeah. Like I don't even need the Senate. Like, I guess it's the sentimentality during the Oscars that I find kind of unnecessary. I just want to see Margot Robbie and in how a, hot in a dress. she looks. Yeah. Yeah. And like Brad Pitt, you all know, dolled up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like these are beautiful people. Like, let's just look at them, live a better life than we do. Yep. Like, that's the only value it has. And so if you're not doing that, which this year they weren't. Kind of. I mean, did you see any of it in the train station and Union Station? <laughs> yes, that's the silliness of it is like, it, once you take away the pomp, it's no longer interesting. The only thing Hollywood has is glitz and glamour. So when next year- Which I would have- I would have never thought that until they took it away. It's totally true. Like, I mean, it's looking at pictures of old Hollywood and all this, you know, with the, it's all wonderful. And I get that if you canceled the Oscars forever, we would, I feel, lose something. Like you need, Hollywood needs to be shiny. Yes. But somehow the uh, Oscars are no longer the place where that should happen. They should, they should make yeah. a new thing that doesn't involve awards, awarding, like arbitrarily awarding movies one excuse me, one better than the other, which especially as like, not to be rude here, but as wokeness and whatnot has taken over everything, like now there's like extra layers. Okay, is this movie picked because exactly. it was the best or because it was, you know, had, had the right cast or the right director or because it looked the right way or whatever, right? So to me, it's just, it's a farce, absolute farce now. So it's time to just cancel the Oscars, start a new party, uh, or they should just do like the Vanity Fair party. Instead of going to the Oscars, all the celebs just show up to this big party uh, and maybe judge them on how they look there at there the party. Like, it's called it, Vanity Fair. Make it like it's a dog. It's a fair totally, about a vanity. vanity. Make it a dog show. Like Brad go. Pitt, you win best in show tonight yeah. because your tux is the fanciest, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's where it's at. The Oscars lost their credibility yeah. decades ago in yeah. terms of actually picking the best films. They lost it at the English patient. Funny. You should mention that. I just rewatched that. Is it as bad as it is? Awful. It's an awful movie. It is painstaking. It is a terrible movie. That's so weird that you brought that up out of nowhere. We were both like, what should we watch? And it's like, you know, that's a, a great quote film that I don't remember ever seeing, even though I think I did see yep. it. I just didn't register for me. So let's sit down on a Friday night and watch that. It was laborious. It's painfully slow. The acting is like overwrought. The story is stupid. That was best picture winner. It won a bunch of things. Yeah. It's like seven Oscars. So then 
I did a deep dive on Anthony Minghella. Yeah. Cold Mountain was actually really good. Yep. The Talented Mr. Ripley, really good. Yep. I watched both of those this last week. So you went through a Minghella. You went on a Minghella bender. Yeah. Sad that he died of uh, cancer at a young age, too, yeah. like mid-40s. Yeah. It's like, hmm, he had a lot more work in him. He did some stuff, but he also did The English Patient, which is the one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, Sorry about believe. it. Totally. Yeah. And it was super sad. Yeah. Like, the ending's terrible. It's not uplifting? No. No. Awful. That's where the Oscars officially lost credibility, I think. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, I'm out on the Oscars. Done. Totally out on them. Want a party? And don't want the Oscars. Totally agree. Sad. Uh, Sorry, and I didn't see any of the films either. No. Like, I mean, that's the problem. The list of things, I was like, who even heard of that? Yeah. It was weird. No. Don't like it. Don't want it. Yeah. I watched Nomad, uh, Nomadland. I did too. The director one. I fell asleep, thankfully. Also super boring. Yeah. I, I love Francis McDormand. It was also sad. I'm like, how? It's there's nothing sadder to me than uh, somebody in their 50s or 60s who has... Zero financial security. She had nowhere to live. Gig economies. It's she sad. was gigging. Uh, I really love. I'll tell you what a secret pleasure of mine is. When the wife picks something super boring that I don't want to watch at night, I get so happy because I know I can just go right to sleep, no problem. Going to sleep on a boring movie is such a great pleasure. People should try it. Okay, you let your spouse out there, let your spouse pick the movie tonight, force them or like guide them into like a boring one that they've been wanting to watch that you haven't been. And just the joy of sleep rescuing you from that boredom is so much more pleasurable than just falling asleep. But did she like it? I think she thought it was visually interesting. Yeah, it is. I think she, I think she liked it. Didn't love it. I thought the direction was very good. Sure, and the, but all the film the, wasn't that yeah, great. All the random people in it, instead of actors and all that. Yeah. Like I like the totally. Yeah, but as a, it just doesn't interest me. Sorry yeah. about it. It yeah. just wasn't a great film. Yeah. Um. All right. Barrel or not? Voice messaging. You know. Funny, you should bring this one up. I had a voice message exchange uh, with Orson Oblovitz yesterday. Just yesterday, uh, Michael Oblovitz's son, he had, yeah, he was involved in Hollywood's most audacious Ponzi scheme, not in a bad way. He just happened to direct the uh, actor who ran or did or made or however you, whatever the verb is for Ponzi scheme, Ponzied. Uh, and anyhow, so I read his name in the paper and I was like, well, this is a funny connection. So called or texted Michael Oblovitz, who Sea of Darkness, all this, all these films, said, oh, throw me Orson's number. So he did. I texted Orson. We had a text, and I said, I'll call you tomorrow, which was yesterday. I called him. Beep. His voicemail comes on. Hey, this is Orson. Leave a message. And it's funny, because I don't have a voice message going out for mine. I'm sure it's just like 760 blah, 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 is unavailable. Please leave your message thing. But since it was his voice, I thought, oh, I, I'm going to leave a message. So, hey, Orson, you know, whatever, come back. Uh, then he left me a voicemail. I listened to his and thought, well, this is just fun and nice. I forgot how great this is. Well, what I'm talking about isn't leaving a voicemail. It's just the voice message function. Rather than texting, rather than calling, you hold it down and you say what you want to oh, say. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I went on a real tangent of voicemail. No, there. but it's this, that's, this is what the point that we're at in our communications is voicemail is inadequate. Calling is inadequate. Texting is inadequate, but I can leave an audio message in our text thread that you can listen to. Do you do it? No, but people have been doing it to me. Do you like it? I'm always late to all of this stuff. Like yeah. I didn't text message for a long time when everybody yeah. else was doing it, but now people are doing it to me and I'm realizing I kind of like this. Yeah, you can hear their voice. Oh, yeah, I've gotten one, a couple of those recently too. They can communicate a lot of information, yep. more than you could through a text. Yep. Texts often get confused. And so I see it pop up and I'm like, God, why did you send me your voice? Yeah. Either call me or text me. Yeah. Why are you giving me this other option? And then I listen to it. Like, and perfect. I go, oh my God, I didn't actually have to take a call, which yeah. I hate doing. And they communicated way more than they could have In through a text. text message. Beautiful. I kind of like it. Are you going to start using it though? I think I might. Okay. And the reason, the reason why I'm bringing it up is, uh, the guy who you were talking to when you got accosted by the little haberdasher, Sam, 
Oh yeah, Sam. I Sam was is a friend of mine. Yeah. So Sam voice messaged me after our last episode and he's like, Hey dude, I was the guy that Chaz was talking to. Uh, anyways, yeah, it was, he gave me the rundown on the experience on the altercation. Was, was his, uh, his version similar to, to my yes, version? It was exactly the same. Okay, as good. I wanted to make Highlights sure. from his were, um, Cersei's purple hair looked fabulous. Mm-hmm, great. He's like, I don't know why they made fun of her for her purple hair. Yeah. She looked great. She rocks it. And I was, I was concerned that the altercation was ugly. I was like, you know, I don't like seeing women fight. Yeah. Period. Whether it's a fist fight or a verbal altercation, there's just something ugly about it to me. So was it ugly? He goes, honestly, it wasn't that ugly. Yeah. He goes, you know, it was a little bit undignified of um, Ashton's wife to kind of be doing it and throwing expletives around. It, you know, it was like, eh, like what's happening over here? But Cersei defended herself. It wasn't that ugly. Yeah. I mean, so. Cersei's got a real good swear on her. Like it sounds good, I think. And so it kind of, there's something about it. Nothing is worse than somebody who's, Ashton, Ashton's wife seemed like the not typical cusser. She, and so the kind of shaky voice and the, you know, when you're really throwing it yeah. out there, like the person who can swear effortlessly is one I always like, you know, in a verbal altercation, like where it's not like awkward, I'm getting tripped up. You dick fuck. Right. right like, right, right. yeah. Where it's just not cool. Yeah. Well, Sam, shout out to Sam for being there to witness. I, but then I really accosted him actually for not filming the thing. Oh yeah. I was like, Sam, I'm gone for one of these altercations. I was there for number one and I've audio recorded yep. it. Number two, I video recorded. Number three, nothing. This was incumbent upon you, Sam, did, to cover all of our angles here, and you freaking blew it. Did Sam feel bad? Yeah, he felt terrible. Good. Yeah. Sam should have. Sam, pull out your phone next time. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Always. Yeah, a drop in the ball. But he did introduce me to voice messaging, which kind of redeemed him. That's pretty great. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, so oh. back in my good graces. Yeah. Um, final barrel or not came from a listener. Entering your local surf contest as an adult. Oh, I'm going to say this one is regionally specific. Australia, yes. America, no. That's what I'm going to say. I think this guy was American and he was saying, my buddy does this and then he celebrates a victory as if he won, you know, the sunset event or something. I'm going to say this is a thing, I think, for board riders clubs in Australia, right? Like, I do believe that Derek Riley regularly enters his whatever division. Does um, he really? I think so, but I think everybody does, right? I think, like, that's just what you do there. Could be wrong. Uh, here, I think it's not a thing. If you as an adult are doing it and you're not doing it ironically or sarcastically, you're like going to really win and then you celebrate like you really want. That's, talk about undignified. Yeah, we really don't have the um, infrastructure. infrastructure. And it's it like, I know that they're trying to build them now. Like I know that the surf rider clubs, at least up and down the coast of California, like you'll see every once in a while. And just recently I saw like a, a increased push to the board rider club idea. It got interrupted by COVID though. And I always feel though the same about that as when American soccer fans dress like Europeans and go do chanting and stuff for the American soccer game where yeah. when you're patently putting on the costume of another people, that's not yours. Yeah. Uh, and you can think, you know, Hey, what? Well, it's cool. I like that. I, I wish we had board riders clubs here too. I, mean, I do too, but we don't like don't. The, it is not an American thing. It is not an American tradition. Uh, and if we did that, then all we're doing is aping Australia and aping another country, just like the LA Galaxy fan who has a scarf on and has this big blowhorn thing and goes and learns all the chants and calls himself a supporter, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. No, that's European stuff. We call it soccer here and you just don't go. Um, I like the idea. If you're that ingrained in your community and it's a community event, and you know everybody else that's surfing in it, I think that could be fun. It'd be if fun you, if, if you was, just go and sign up for the thing and everybody's strangers and you're actually like have heat strategy and you're yeah. trying to win. I think that's strange. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah. Yep. No um, barrel. Have you ever entered a surf contest? Oh, have you? Because, yeah. I mean, but you grew up in Huntington. There was yeah. no contest for me to ever enter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The lo I did a few local events, me and my buddies. Um, yeah, mainly Huntington, I guess. And I did terribly. Yeah. And it was so embarrassing. Like it like the whole 
putting a jersey on and knowing that people are watching just completely ruined any amount of talent that I actually had, which was already probably not enough to win an event. Um, that it would just, it was really, there was a lot of anxiety. Yep. And then a lot of shame afterwards. Yep. I just never, ever performed. I mean, did, did it give you more respect for the brave warriors on the world surfing league? I already had a tremendous amount of respect for them. Okay. So no, it did not. Okay. It gave me a better appreciation, maybe a little bit, but I already respected them. Yep. Um, I made a few heats here and there, and that always felt a little bit good. But, you know, there was always much more diminishing of my ego than there was building up yep. of it. Cause ultimately I would lose eventually and just lose against people that I like would see at the beach all the time. And I felt I surfed better than yeah. I'd lose to them in the heat. And I, I would imagine that would be well, maybe, shattering. We should maybe though, now that we're talking about it, throw a grit surf contest. We've talked about it. Let's actually do it. Be more a lot of, a, of organization, be a more of a get together. Yeah. Uh, and then like, we just have like a random sign up, right? Like you just go sign up in slots and that's the heat and Marty against this. Don't organize it. Just send people out. Yeah. It's bringing a bunch of people to the beach. It's, uh, yeah. Even like trying to objectify it and like figure out even what is the criteria? Well, but let's not make it progressive. Let's it make it fun. Longest wave. <laughs> I always Love contests that are so random. The person who stays on their board the longest is the winner. All right. Yeah. I could go for that. But we should also, we should just do a, this summer, to, with the end of COVID. Okay. To uh, celebrate the end of COVID. Doesn't have to even be a surf contest. We should just do a beach day get together. Okay. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah. All right. Uh, writing all album surfboards. Get yep. album to get involved and Done. supply all the quiver. Done. All right. Cool. Sounds fun. Yep. Thanks, all right. Matt. So barrel or not? Barrel. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry. Regionally specific, barrel in Australia, no barrel here. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that this guy submitted it to make fun of his buddy, though. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, dude, I can't stand my buddy celebrating that he goes to these events on the weekend, and then he just rubs it in everybody's face. really funny. Really which is, is a good. very funny dynamic uh, to think about. This guy right here, I mean, I'm going to put him up for maybe that kind of right attitude. He's headed for the People's Hall of Fame. All right, put him up there with Jake and Spencer. Yep, Jake and Spencer, thank you so much. Design. Yeah, so get behind Kayo, everybody. We're going to really hype that this weekend on Instagram. Be on yep. the lookout and then light up the comment section. Get it. And also, let's tag all of Kayo's other sponsors. Let's do it. DHD, the Belly Burgers. The belly Burgers, for sure. Yep. Um, a lot of good can come from this. And then, of course, merch is on our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com slash shop. Go to athleticgreens.com slash surf. Subscribe if you don't want to hear about athleticgreens.com slash surf. Totally. Lots to come. Yep. Thanks, Album. Chaz, Wonderful until place. next week. Get barrel. <laughs>